All right, we are incredibly excited to have Andrew Kozlowski on the show, boys. Hi, Koz. Okay. <laughs> Uh, hey guys. <laughs> also, also known to anybody who follows his very compelling feed on Twitter as Mr. Kaz. Uh, he is an expert educator and somebody that the three of us go pretty far back with now over the last, what, half decade, yeah. decade in, in education. Seven yeah. years. Yeah. I, mean. I, I have the great distinction. I have to brag for a second uh, that I. I hired him. That's right. For his first teaching job. <laughs> Although then I have to point out that I was not in the interview. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is that right? <laughs> tell, tell me how you hired him because I, I remember me being there. I was in that interview. And a couple other people. No, I, I, think I, was, I think I was maybe at the beach. <laughs> is, is that is that true, Mr. Cos? Am I recalling that correctly? Yeah. I, I kind of slipped in the back door a little bit. I think yeah. I was one of those late summer hires. You were you you were a late summer hire, and you were a great hire. He, he drove down from Jersey for the day. That's yeah, right for that interview. Yep. He, he, yeah. did, he did, and I remember getting emails that night about how how good he was, and, yep. we, and we had to hire him right away. So, so Mr. Cos, welcome to Ed's Not Dead. It's long overdue. We're glad to have you on the show. How are you? Great. It's great to be here with you guys. Uh, a big fan. I'm always listening to you guys on the way to work. Um, I love what you're doing, all the great hosts, all the great guests, I mean, uh, all the great conversations, and uh, I'm just uh, honored to finally be on the show. Very nice. And we do have great hosts. Yeah, we- <laughs> I must say. Yeah, we have. Too. We have Host and guests. <laughs> you know he's going to give you a hard time, Mr. Kaz. Um, <laughs> so just real quick, before we jump into the gamification of your classroom, and if we have time, uh, you are a standards-based grading guru, so we might hit that before, yeah. we're, before we're done. Uh, as your former principal and somebody that's always been interested in your career, what year teaching is this now? It's a fifth year for me now. Fifth fifth year. Has the game slowed down a lot? Do you feel like you are, are really, um, really having an impact on kids? Yeah, I do. I do. You know, you kind of, you, you learn what to, uh, what to filter out. I think after a couple of years, that first year you're trying to do everything so yeah. well and you wind up doing nothing well. And then, you know, as you progress in your career a little bit, you know, year five is really that that sweet spot, like a lot of people say. And I have noticed that, you know, things are coming a little bit easier now. Um, You know, I'm really focusing on relationship with the students first. I think that has a lot to do with my success in the classroom. Uh, Once you build those strong relationships, those kids are willing to take risks for you and humor you when you try to do something crazy with them or something (laughs) odd or something different. Um, And so that's a big part of, of how I kind of slowed it down a little bit. Um, and you just, you know, you learn how to let stuff roll off your back with kids. You know, you pick your battles, you know, you have some, some core values that you yep. want to, you want represented in your classroom and you just try to hammer those down with kids. And, you know, that's all you really can do as a teacher. That's right. Well said. Well great, said, Cos. Great work. Glad to hear it. Okay, go mm-hmm. ahead, Mr. Sitz. So one of the things we wanted to talk about tonight is all the work that you have put into gamifying your classroom. And I've seen a lot of information I haven't I haven't really gotten too deep into it, um, but you have gone really far and in implementing this in your classes. Tell us what is gamification, and and how did why did you start thinking about it in 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 the beginning? I'm um, so originally, you know, I just I saw some teachers using elements of gamification, and and for your listeners, the, the basic gist of of gamification, the elevator pitches. You're taking mechanics from video games or board games, and you're inserting them into your classroom. Okay, so things like experience points, boss battles, uh, leveling up, badges, power-ups, things like that. Right. 
that you might see in a board game or 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 a or a video game, you're, you're yeah you're you're adding those to the classroom dynamic. Um, and so, I just saw a lot of potential there as a kid who grew up in you know the late '80s, early '90s. I love video games. I love the narrative element of it. I love the fact that you know you die in a level, you come right back, you learn from that, and you try it again until right. you succeed. And so there is an element of standards-based grading almost within gamification where you know, you're going to keep trying until you master that particular skill, uh, just like a video game. So I was trying to use elements of that um, in my classroom. And, and so I started researching. I started going on Twitter chats. There's a great one called XPLAP, Explore Like a Pirate. Um, and I just started kind of lurking in those chats and picking up ideas. And, and I think it was about two summers ago, I just decided I'm just going to go all in. I'm going to create an entire game. Uh, so I created a, a, a zombie-based U.S. history class. I created a website for it, power-ups and uh, different side quests and side missions. And I just I went crazy with it, and it was just fun. It was like a blast. I had so much fun creating and designing this game. So um, what kind of did, – did you go into it just trying to motivate kids, or was it – did you do it with all your classes, and, and, and how did that start for you? So, I mean, yeah, there's an element that, like, you're looking for creative ways to motivate students. Right. Um, you're, trying to, you're trying to tap into this, this world that they exist in where, you know, it's, it's not just video games anymore. Like, the ones we played when we were young, like, it's not, it's not Legend of Zelda. It's highly competitive. It's <laughs> live. You're not playing against the computer anymore. You're playing against other classmates. True. Um, but I think the important thing about gamification is it does appeal to different types of people. Um, there's certain games that appeal to an explorer type, right? The Legend of Zelda isn't a good example. Right. You're looking to explore the entire world. So there's some students that just like to explore every little bit and do every side quest. Oh, okay. There's some students that are more social than others. Students like to, you know, communicate, collaborate with each other. And so you try to build a game out from that about what kind of player types you have. Um, and you're hopefully trying to meet the needs of everyone. Hey, 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 Mr. Cos, I have this. I have this memory of standing in front of mailboxes in the main office of a school and hearing you talk about that pirate site. Was that mm-hmm. was that that far back? Like yeah, in your, I mean, in your think, like first year of te- like first, my, first or second year of teaching. My first or second year, I was I was considering it, and I and I still had so much to, to work on as a teacher. So right. I was like, I was not, I wasn't really in the place to make that that transition, right? Cause I was still just, you know, like I said, I'm learning how to like do the basics of right, teaching. Right. Um, but it was always there. It was always in the back of my head. Like I, I'd, I'd like to find ways to make my class more like a game because if I can do that, I think students will really buy into it a little bit more and be interested in it and have like an incentive to learn all these great things that I want to teach them. Yeah. That's so, awesome. so help me envision this a little bit in terms of, I'm thinking like what it looks like in your classroom. I mean, um, I mean, I assume there's an online element of it, but, you know, do characters have, like, avatars and they go on quests and answer questions like that? Or do they do work in class and then there's, like, a corollary game aspect that tracks their progress? That's a good question. I mean, there's a million and one different ways to do this, um, but I can just speak to my experiences. So, basically, I think the first thing that's important is you create this narrative, like something that you enjoy. I've seen people do time travelers. I've seen people do Harry Potter themed, Lord of the Ring things, Lord of the Ring uh, themed. I do zombies. Um, but the basic gist of the game is students can do side quests. Those are extra. They don't have to do them. They're not part of their grade. Uh, if they finish their work early in class, they can start it. If they don't have homework, they can do one. Uh, some examples might be like um, research a historical recipe and talk about what, what ingredients were used and why 
those ingredients were, impo- ingredients were important at the time to those people. Um, so it's getting students to go like a little bit more in depth than they normally would in a regular classroom. Um, I've had students do Minecraft. One kid just did a Minecraft in Jamestown, and it was amazing. <laughs> well, that's, it was amazing. It was the awesome. coolest thing I've ever seen. And like he, it was like down to the detail. He had it. He had John Smith there. He had the church. And like this is something that probably if I put a grade on that, I would have never gotten that output. Um, but to speak to your other question, I do incorporate some challenges in my classroom that the students can still earn what's called XP or experience points. So it's a great way when you're doing an activity that's not graded, because you always get that question, is this graded? <laughs> is this graded? Um, and so, it, you know, I always felt weird answering that question. You have two choices. You could lie and say yes, and then <laughs> no, motivate them want, that way. I just want you to do it. It's cool. Or you could say, no, it's not graded. And the kid's like, okay, I'm, I might not try then. But this is like an interesting way to get kids to try new things and compete against each other. Like, for example, my lesson tomorrow we're learning about the Articles of Confederation. That can be kind of a dry topic. Um, so my lesson is going to revolve around the students researching the Articles of Confederation and then creating a social media campaign, either arguing for it or against it. Okay, and then basically I'm the, I'm the game designer. I'm the leader. I'm the game master. So uh, the students are going to send me their, their social media campaigns, and I'm going to judge them, and I'm going to choose the winning team, and that team will win XP. Nice. That's awesome. I like that. All right, go ahead, Mr. Well, he just answered my question. I was going oh, to ask him to give a, a, an example of a like a specific task or quest that he had students do, and he just did it. So. All right, so <laughs> so before we go, I do. He gave us a great segue. Um, if you if you say you're going to grade a project, uh, it it has a certain kind of baggage that comes with it. If you s- tell the kids, no, this is for no grade, then you have some motivational factors that you just cited that you might worry about. So, Kaz, you've been doing this for five years now. Tell us, tell us how your philosophy on standards-based grading or just grading in, in, in general has evolved. Man, I, I um, actually, it was Casey that introduced me in one of our, our professional learning communities to Rick Wormley, who you guys had on your podcast. And, That's man, right. it just something clicked when I saw that video, and I was like, wow, this guy makes a lot of sense. And I was almost as a new teacher falling into the trap of grading students as I was graded in a very punitive way. And hearing Rick Wormley, and, I'm, and it just clicked from me. I was like, you don't, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to give zeros to students. You don't have to punish them with grades or reward them with grades. Because and it doesn't so I definitely, work. Yeah, it doesn't work, no. And if, even if it does work, they're going to do the minimum work to get whatever grade they're looking right. for. And so my idea is I want excellence. My whole thing is pursuing excellence. And so you know, the game and standards-based grading as a whole allows students to really focus on the learning rather than the score. So I got in the habit of like not putting scores on assignments. I just put feedback on it. The scores still go in the grade book, and they can look that up when they want, but at least I know they're looking at my feedback, they're interpreting it, they're internalizing it, and hopefully using it to improve their work. Right. Um, some other things, um, you know, like I said, no zeros. That's a really controversial thing. A lot of teachers say, well, you know, that's not fair. How come you're giving kids half credit for doing nothing? And, you know, like, like the videos that Casey showed me, you know, a zero is not going to increase the student's responsibility. <laughs> if anything, it's going to have them check out. Right. Um, so like slowly but surely, I started including more and more standards-based mindsets into my classroom because it is like a mindset. It's not just simply, what's the strategy you're going to use? No, it's not a strategy. It's more like a mindset, like differentiation. Right. Um, I compare it with uh, like doctors have that uh, do no harm. Yeah. Um, idea. Well, I think teachers should have that too. Do no harm, but 
you know, let's try to get rid of harmful grading practices, extra credit, you know, giving kids points for bringing in Kleenex boxes, (laughs) Um, giving zeros, not letting kids redo (laughs) assignments. I've been doing this a long time. Have you actually heard of that? Giving kids extra points for bringing in Kleenexes? Please tell me. I've never heard of Twitter. Luckily, I've never heard about it where I teach in any of the buildings because I would probably call that teacher out. And I'm not really (laughs) confrontational in that way, at least. Oh, only on Twitter. Only the, on Twitter. The point impresarios of local elementary schools. <laughs> Woo. Okay. All right. Let, let, let me ask a question about, um, so you brought up sometimes you would grade stuff or you do great stuff and there's feedback but no grade. Have you ever encountered parental resistance that, whether it's on homework or assignments where they are really the pushers of, you know, my kid did this. They need a grade. What's the grade? You need to give them grade. Has that ever come across? Yeah, I mean, and the parents get in that mindset, too, because that's how they were raised. And, you know, it's almost they feel like their kid is not getting what they got. The kid is not getting that grade that they deserve for doing the assignment when it's not about the grade. It's about the learning. And so, you know, one of the things I actually tweeted this today, I said, um, I let students do test corrections up to 100 percent, which is pretty rare. I saw that tweet Um, this morning. Yeah. And so and, you know, a lot of teachers would say that's not fair. It's not fair to the kids who got 100 percent the first time. Um, and so my reaction would be if a parent said that's not fair, I would say, you know, that student came in for three full lunches and did deep reflections on each of the questions that they got wrong. I would say that that student deserves 100 percent. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, people people do learn at different paces and people do it takes sometimes it takes two or three times to get this mastery of learning. So, I mean, I, I, it's tough because the parents. They're very, they're very steadfast in their conviction. In their mind, their their child has been harmed in some way. But if you look at the end of the day, you could say your child, if if your child needs to do a redo in the future, your child will have that opportunity too. Right. So it will be fair to them. Maybe just not this time. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure that you know, I, I think as educators, we do have to be conscious of the fact that you know some some kids do have what are now called fixed mindsets where they are very performance oriented and grades do mean a lot to them. Right. And, we, and we have to be careful not to denigrate that because that's just in some ways how they're wired. Right. Um, so I'm sure you have to kind of consider how, how kids are wired in your classroom and try to move them towards this way of thinking. Do you, do you run into that? Cause there are kids that really care a lot about grades. Yeah. And you may be the oh, only teacher absolutely. that's doing it. Yeah. Know? I mean, and it's, it's, you're fighting up, you're fighting up an uphill battle because many teachers, although they complain that students are only motivated by grades, right. they're complicit in this because yeah. they do use grades as a reward and a punishment. Right. So there, it's almost like a circular thing. It's coming back right on them. Right. It's like karma. And so I'm having the fight against that. And, I, and what I just tell my kids is, you know, focus on the learning and the grades will come. The grades are a side effect of the learning and the mastery. Yeah. You know, like my, my saying in class, excellence is a habit. Right, you got to show excellence every day, whether it's graded or not, and it's a struggle. And sometimes kids say, "Is this graded?" And they'll they'll look at me and they'll tell, you know, I, I'm not a good liar, and they'll be able <laughs> to like, tell God, if it's just, graded or just not. Lie to them. And, <laughs> just lie to them. I'll say, you know what? I used, just, to, I used, I, to, I used know, to say, uh, "Everything's graded." That was my response. <laughs> they would be like, "Is this?" Graded? I mean, that's the same thing to say, right? It's the yeah. same thing. Or like when, when there's three minutes left in class, and a student has like an extension activity, and they know they don't have enough time to finish it. Right, they look up, say, the class is over in three minutes. And I say to them, this three minutes will determine the rest of your life. <laughs> and it sounds corny, but like, I'm serious. Like, the decision that you make right now is going to determine what kind of person you will be in life oh, and wow. how happy no you pressure. are and how successful you are. <laughs> yeah. So I use it on those terms. Like, and, you know, 
hopefully if they hear that enough, they're going to realize that, like, yes, my decisions do have an impact. That's powerful. All right. Well, I'm sitting here listening yeah. to you thinking that our, our friend of the show, Rick Wormley, has competition. Yeah. Because you, you, you obviously – Watch out, Rick. Yeah. Right. Watch out, Rick. Or, or you're going to do your own podcast and un- unseat us. Yeah. Um, Kaz, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on, Kaz, and, ex- and telling us all about the awesome things you're doing in your class. Yeah, and congratulations to you and the lucky kids that get to have you mm-hmm. every, every day as a teacher. Um, we know Awesome, we- and you guys are great too, man. I really appreciate what you're doing out here. You're having some of the tough conversations that should be ha- being had. Um, you know, we need to ha- start having these difficult conversations about what's best for kids, you know, and, and you guys are doing that. And I, 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 I love the show. I'm not just saying that because, you know, you guys are my buds. <laughs> I really genuinely do like the show. I listen to you on board, you know. Whenever there's a new episode, I'm excited. I get to listen to it on the way to work. That's, that's great. Awesome. That's great. Where 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 can uh, where can our listeners find you on Twitter, Mr. Cos? I am uh, Mr. Cos31. Um, you can usually find me fighting with people on Twitter. Um, <laughs> starting starting <laughs> um, yeah, Twitter war, I'm, wars. I'm, a, I'm very argumentative on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. um, for some reason, lots of fights about grades and zeros and such. Do you fight with that guy? Um, do, do you fight with that guy, Mr. McClary, on Twitter? <laughs> Have you ever fought with him? <laughs> No. He left me alone, I okay. think. He gave up on Twitter. Okay. So, so Cosmo, Cosmo uh, tw- you know, Twitter is so great. It's so great. There's so many great resources <laughs> on Twitter, but there's also so many people selling something, yes. whether it's their Brands. own brand or yeah. their personal brand. And yeah. so it's tough to have that real authentic conversation sometimes. To- total side question. Are you on Facebook at all? Or is yeah, Twitter- I am. I am on Facebook still. I'm, you- as my kids say, I'm, a- I'm an old person. <laughs> Do you have <laughs> education person. conversations on Facebook? The only conversations I do have on Facebook, I'm in a couple of groups. There's this great standards-based grading and learning Facebook page that I highly recommend joining. And you can see Rick Wormley on there and Ken O'Connor and a lot of the other big, big giants of standards-based grading. Lots of great stuff if you guys want to have more information about that. So go check that out. And also for my classes, like for like, there'll be an ESL, uh, ESL group or there'll be like an AP history group. Both are classes that I teach. And so I go on there and I'll just, either share resources or I'll ask questions and I get a lot of great stuff in Facebook too. All right. So it sounds, we just had a conversation about which would be the downfall of society, Twitter or Facebook. <laughs> so I sounds, Facebook. Yeah. It sounds like Twitter. So uh, yeah. This, yeah I, I, think, I went with Twitter. Mr. Yeah, Cos. yeah. He's yeah. getting good stuff from <laughs> yeah. Facebook and well, Twitter. Co- Cos will, you know? will text me uh, screenshots, me and McClary. <laughs> He'll te- text screenshots of like wars he's getting in and he'd be like, guys, back me up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> come on, be the random guy that agrees with yeah. me. <laughs> that is funny. All right. Oh man. Uh, once again, Andrew Kozlowski, it's great to have you on the show. Keep up the great work, uh, uh, listeners. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, you can catch up with all that he's doing in education. Uh, Mr. Koz, thanks for coming on. Ed's not dead. We will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. All Bye. Right, take care. <laughs>